today on CityCast Denver. The threat of eviction looms large for many Denverites, and not just because of COVID-induced unemployment. In a regular year, we're evicting upwards of 9,000 people. We know from data that specifically black and brown women who are single parents are disproportionately impacted by evictions. Councilperson Candy Sedabaka just had a big win on Monday night when it comes to renters' rights. And since she's here on the show, I put Candy on the hot seat. Some other topics we've been talking about. Nuggets or abs? Oh, man. Possible redevelopment of the Park Hill golf course land. I was chastised for bringing it forward. The council was supposed to start work on that in June. Where are y'all at? You know, I'm watching colleagues not want to do anything about it. Today is Friday, June 11th, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. And here is the news. We're getting a little bit of relief today from the heat with highs in the mid-80s. And the good news keeps coming. On Wednesday, Mayor Michael Hancock announced that Denver has hit President Biden's vaccination goal ahead of schedule. More than 70% of Denverites 12 and older have received at least one shot, he says. So give yourself a pat on the back, or if you're one of the 30%, don't. I've always said Denver's lucky to have had two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks slash restaurant magnates in John Elway and Peyton Manning. Manning sold his stake in 31 Denver-area Papa John's pizza franchises in 2018, a few short months before Papa John Schnatter used the N-word on a company conference call. Yikes. Nevertheless, Manning's place in Colorado history is secure. This week, he was elected into the Broncos' ring of fame. I heard he still lives in Denver, too. Maybe he can help coach whoever we've got playing QB next season. Thanks for the memories, Peyton even if this particular one doesn't feel so good anymore. Pizza maker. Playmaker. Check out my Ultima Meats pizza. Uh-huh. Looks great. Five meats working together. I love it. A team of ingredients. You're trying to make a football joke. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Brutal, actually. Just take the pizza. Okay. CityCast producer Xander McMahon. Are you game for a little role play? Sure. Okay, uh, let's say you are one of the thousands and thousands of renters in Denver who have, for whatever reason, gotten a little bit behind on rent and are facing eviction. Your landlord pins a notice on your door. It's time to go. What do you do? I have no idea. Even with the federal evictions moratorium in place, some Denver renters are being forced out of their homes in part because they like Xandra, we're not aware of the city's pilot program to provide free legal defense. I can hear you now. Oh, thank you. I just plugged in my earphones and now we're good to go. Candy Sedabaka is one of the leading progressive voices on Denver City Council. And with her colleague, Amanda Sawyer, she's been pushing to make the free legal defense program permanent and improve it with federal stimulus money. And now, thanks to a vote on Monday night, they made it happen. Anyone who earns 80% or less of the area's median income is eligible for this assistance. So it's not universal, but maybe more importantly, landlords are required to tell the people they're evicting that the program exists. And last but not least, 529. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Black? Aye. 
Sidabaka? Aye. Clark? I caught up with Candy earlier this week to talk about what it took to get this thing passed and some other hot button issues we've been talking about on the show recently. Candy, welcome to CityCast. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, just right off the bat, congrats on getting this thing passed unanimously. I know it's always hard to get uh, the whole council to agree on anything. So uh, how are you feeling about the achievement? I'm very, I'm very proud. I wish that the bill had been for to make it a universal right. But, you know, one step in the right direction is good. And, you know, I really expected process to get weaponized against me because with my past bills that I've introduced, process is always weaponized against me. What do you mean that process is weaponized against you in the past? I'm, I'm so curious. You know, no matter how many people we've heard at public comment asking for these things, if a council member colleague doesn't like it, the easiest way to block it is by saying that there was a certain process that was not followed or that the process wasn't followed to someone's liking. And there's no real documented process on how to do any of this. The entire structure, you know, was designed to uphold oppression. And so when you're going in as a minority voice trying to dismantle oppression, you have the entire infrastructure against you. All right, let's talk about the bill. The program to give free legal defense to people being evicted started three years ago. But what's new here? What exactly is the change that you all voted for on Monday night? Everybody knows their Miranda rights. You have a right to remain silent, blah, 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 blah. That works in criminal cases, but not on the civil side. And we were trying to make an equivalent resource on the civil side in eviction cases. We had already piloted eviction legal defense starting in 2018 as a program. And that was available to people who were extremely low income, but it was only a resource that was given to someone when they made their first court appearance in an eviction. Well, 75% of people who are getting evicted don't show up to their first court appearance. They self-evict. And so you've had this issue of people not getting information about this resource. We want to socialize people to understand this. And so we codified it. We wrote it into the code and we expanded who is eligible to use this resource. In the best case scenario, we keep someone in their house. An attorney helps them stay in their home, negotiate a payment plan, get them connected to rental assistance. In the worst case scenario, a lawyer negotiates a non-judgment. So a non-judgment eviction is an eviction that functionally puts a person out of their home, but it doesn't end up going on their permanent record. And so there's still an opportunity for someone to find housing elsewhere. So my understanding was that there is a federal evictions moratorium in place right now. So I, I, when I first heard that you were working on this, I was kind of confused. Like, why, why now? Why is now the right time to be doing this? We have proof that even with an eviction moratorium, landlords really have free reign in this state. Colorado is a landlord state. And so we still had 
a substantial amount of evictions during the moratorium. During the moratorium, people were being yes. evicted. Yes. The eviction moratorium was set up in a way that tenants have to know about it and opt into it. It also doesn't stop the eviction from eventually happening. What we've had is a lot of mounting plans for evictions. And in a lot of cases, rent is just stacking up. And at the end of the moratorium, all of the landlords will legally be able to file their evictions on all of those clients who have stacked up rent payments. Some listeners are going to be hearing this and thinking, well, this is this is great for people in those situations, but how is this going to affect my life as a Denverite? I'm not, I'm not facing eviction. Maybe I have a comfortable job. I, and I know for you, this is just one piece of a broader effort to shape the city, to protect the future of the city. How would you put this small change in that context? If we can start here at this phase in in the pipeline and prevent someone from falling into chronic homelessness or falling into a situation that's going to be really expensive for the city and all of us to get them out of, then we've, we've done something important. It shifts us slowly toward being a place that values and respects and protects our renters. In Denver specifically, we have such a significant slice of renters in our city. It helps stabilize our housing market in a very unstable situation right now. Hey, producer Xandra McMahon here. We're going to get back to Candy Sedabaka in just a second, but I wanted to pop in and say, if you value local journalism as much as we do, please subscribe to CityCast Denver. It really makes a difference. And while you're at it, why not leave a review too? They mean so much to us, and I personally read every single one. Like this one from GAD1985. Dependable, reliable, practical coverage of the area you love most. It's like hanging out with a small group of friends and talking all things Denver. And it's produced so well that the time flies as you're listening. (laughs) Wow, I especially appreciate that last part. So be like that listener. Rate, review, rate, review. And thanks, Denver, for letting us be a part of your day. I would love to ask you a couple questions about just some other stuff that we've been talking about on the show. Do you have a couple more minutes? Of course. So one thing we've been talking about a lot on the show lately is this Reimagine Police and Public Safety Task Force report. And I'm sure you know it was this broad community effort. They made 112 recommendations for elected officials like yourself to take on. And last I heard, the council was supposed to start work on that in June. And here we are. Where are y'all at? You know, I'm watching colleagues not want to do anything about it. Really? Yeah. You know, we haven't done a single thing around police since last year. You know, we've made all of the pretty and nice proclamations about racism being a public health crisis. And we've demanded a report from the independent monitor on the protests and, you know, all of those things that, you know, sound good, look good in newspapers, look like we're doing something, but we haven't made any changes at all that meaningfully address the abuses. And that was something that constituents told us over and over. They wanted us to do something about it. 
and they have 112 recommendations in front of us. We did create a group of city council members who are going to review them and I think pick what we take on. Um, so I'm very curious to see what my colleagues will take on because that committee is now comprised of individuals who have not been sympathetic to what constituents have really been asking for around police. I'm happy to be on it, but it is weighted in the other direction for sure. What's your stance on the possible redevelopment of the Park Hill golf course land? I had initially proposed sending it to the ballot to vote on whether or not we would lift the easement. And that, you know, obviously did not get on the ballot. Um, and I was chastised for bringing it forward since it wasn't my district. But, you know, I live less than a mile away from Park Hill Golf Course, and it's literally on my boundary line for my district. And so when I look at the full ecosystem, this would largely impact, negatively impact my constituents on my side of Colorado Boulevard. This easement is basically protecting the last bit of naturally occurring affordability in that area. So for you, the easement and protecting it as open space and, and blocking development, that's, that's protecting affordability? Yes, it's protecting affordability and it's just open space that is so needed. It's a buffer, you know, it's an environmental um, mitigation from the pollution that we're that we're experiencing from the I-70 corridor that is now tripling its footprint. During the pandemic, I really deepened my relationship with my neighborhood. And there's now like a couple of local businesses that I think of as like, oh, I'm I know those people. I like those people. That's like my place. I rely on that place. Is there a local business that's come to to be that for you in your life that you've really come to rely on? Oh man, yes. Like I I can give you a whole list of them because I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to go very far out of, you know, my three mile radius for work, play and business. Mm -hmm. um, so all that I rely on is our old school legacy businesses. And, you know, some of those are, you know, Whittier Cafe, the Creamery, um, the Curtis Park Creamery. Yeah. Brother Jeff's Black oh. Dollar Saturdays, Lucero's. I am that person that only really does local businesses. So I can give you a local business that does anything for anything you need. Okay, last one, Candy. Nuggets or Avs? Who are you more excited about in the playoffs this year? I have no clue. I don't watch sports at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, Candy, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. We've got one last thing for you on CityCast Denver today. I don't know about you all, but I am so ready for a hot summer weekend. And now that the public pool near my house is open, I know where I'll be. How about you, producer Xander McMahon? Oh, my favorite thing to do when it's too hot out is to go to the movies, which we can start doing again. And this is a great weekend to get back out there and go to the, the theater because in the heights is coming out this Friday. So what better movie to go back for? How about you, producer Lizzie Goldsmith? I would have to say, eat some ice cream. I mean, the one 
issue there is that you have to get the ice cream from the store to your house without it melting in the meantime if you don't already have a supply but uh you know challenge accepted i wish you the best of luck lizzie <laughs> peyton garcia what are you going to do when you're not writing the citycast denver morning newsletter this weekend um, I'm on nephew duty this weekend, so I think we're going to go down and splash around in Boulder Creek. Oh, cool down that way. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a blast. And that's all for us today here on CityCast Denver. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren, and more from the Epidemic Sound Library. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Twitter at CityCast Denver, and tell a friend about us next time you see him. You can sign up for our daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. I'll see you on Monday. Until then, I hope you have a great weekend.